Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet 80-year-old Mary Zimmer, who grew up in an era in which women's worth was measured by her husband, her children, and her housekeeping, all of which she felt she failed terribly at. It's taken 80 years to finally accept God's forgiveness and to forgive herself. We call this episode, After 80 Years, I Can Finally Say I Like Myself, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. All right. Well, thank you for for giving me your time this afternoon. Yeah. I'm sorry it's taking up so much. <laughs> it's, anyway. it's okay. I look forward to just hearing. This is good for me. I know bits and pieces of your story, but not, you know, your story. So I look forward to hearing your life. Well, I don't know how eventful it is, but I guess when you look in the past, <laughs> uh, more eventful than you thought. <laughs> it always is. And let's face it, Mary. It is 80 years of life for you. (laughs) Right. Raising five kids, and I know God had a hand in that because I wasn't a good mother, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And I was on welfare for 10 years when I left my first husband pregnant. (laughs) Mm. You know, so it's, it's always been a struggle for me. Right. So... I know, but think of the hardships we did go through, and my kids all turned out good and doing what they want to do in life, and none of them were in jail. Mm -hmm. They turned out good in spite of what they went through, you know, and that's where I think God God was in a hand of that because he knew where that he he wanted them. (laughs) Right. So what gave you the courage? I'm I'm interested. What gave you the courage to walk away from your marriage while you were pregnant? Well, he was a womanizer. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got married, I was pregnant. Um, and I also contracted um, chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, okay. So just being pregnant makes you tired, right? Right. So 24 hours a day was not enough to sleep. And uh, of course then I wasn't a good housekeeper. I wasn't, uh, I slept all the time, you know, mm-hmm. being pregnant. So he said he gave up on me after a year of being the wife that he wanted me to be. So, um he started running around again and going out on me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know at the time because I was so naive of life that 
he could have done it under my nose and I probably wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, um, uh, you know, his mother thought that you, you shouldn't do anything with your day until your house is clean. Right. Well, I was the complete opposite. <laughs> I, um, but with the chronic fatigue and everything, you know, it's, I wasn't a good housekeeper. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, he, she thought I was a, she didn't blame him for running around on me because I was not wife I should have been. Well, so, right. Yeah. So he got all the support and I got all the lazy, you know, good for nothing person and he made a mistake in marrying me. So, wow. So you got all the criticism. Yeah. Right. So that was hard. <laughs> yeah. And how many kids did you have at that time or this was your first? This is my first. Okay. Um, he had Polly the first three months. Mm-hmm. So that didn't help any. Um, or how many baby bottles I burned up, heating up for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, it's just a, a struggle from day one. And the decision I made in leaving him when I was pregnant with my fifth um we were we moved back to Tennessee because he said if he could be around his family that we might be able to make it in our marriage you know mm-hmm. then it was he was accusing me of going out and um you know when you always point your finger at someone else three or four pointing back at you right. <laughs> So he was accusing me of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe if we did move back around his family, you know, we could have a chance and all that. Well, right. that was a mistake. He just wanted to get me away from mine, <laughs> you know. But so, um, yeah, it's, I, I guess I just had enough. Um, I was wishing that he wouldn't make it home, that something would happen that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that he'd get an accident or something and that I'd be free of. But we were, yeah, I knew that it wasn't working, but one of his sisters helped me to go talk to a lawyer. Uh, to see where my rights were. So I did. She loaned me her car, and I went and talked to a lawyer. And he said, well, you can leave, but they are his kids, too. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to sneak out, (laughs) because he would stop you, you know. Right. Um, So I had to sneak out. Um, At that time, I was studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm Mm-hmm. And they helped me get to the airport. Hmm. They said, uh, no, we can't help you make a decision, but once you do, we will help you in your decision. So I secretly uh, packed up all of our stuff that I could do mm-hmm. in boxes, hid them in the closet, um, had 
all my kitchenware and clothes and everything was all packed, ready to go. I think I had like, let's see, I was allowed so many pieces of suitcases per person. Mm -hmm. I had six people. (laughs) Um, They even counted the pregnancy of being one. Oh, wow. 13 boxes carted to the airport. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he left for work one morning, they came over and we got there. So, um, oh, I called my, my parents saying, I want to come home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if it wasn't for them, I don't know. They paid for my airfare and everything to get out of there. Right. So, but, yeah, so that was a struggle, too. So, How old were you doing all this? Um, I was 28. Wow. I was having my fifth baby I had five kids in eight years Mm. so it's um I think she looked at me and I got pregnant (laughs) (laughs) yeah but anyway so it was a relief to get out of there and I could finally take a breath and I I became really afraid of him Mm -hmm. because I felt weak and just I didn't well I knew I wasn't a good wife and I thought he might have had cause you know mm-hmm. uh, so it was yeah so I I kind of felt guilty too because I wasn't the wife I should have been right so whatever I got deserved was deserved <laughs> well Wow. So when you left Tennessee, where where was your family? They they were all out here in California. And, okay. You know that yeah. So um my parents my when mother picked me up from the airport, we were talking about it and, um I you know, told her, I said, Well, you know, I had to marry him because I was pregnant and she was so uh, Baptist Christian that, you know, I thought, oh, I'd be kicked out if I, she knew I was pregnant, so she never knew. Mm-hmm. And her comment was, well, there's worse things in this world than being pregnant. <laughs> I said, now you tell me. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I wouldn't have had the four kids I did if I told her. And she, you know, <laughs> gave me or was something but right um yeah so you know you should have told us said, well I didn't want to disappoint you and mm. all. so anyway well. but that was kind of funny that she reacted the opposite of what I thought she would have <laughs> right yes yeah I wanted to go to school and get some training so when the baby was born I could get a job you know right well welfare I had to go and sign up for school or something or get some assistance and they said well we'd rather you stay home with the kids to the youngest to school age um because they're gonna need a parent you Mm -hmm. know well I, 
I said, okay. <laughs> um, maybe it would be better. But then I couldn't get off welfare because everything you earned, they took away from you, you know, mm -hmm. so got ahead. So I was on welfare for 10 years. Mm. And then I met my second husband. Um, and we wound up getting married after three months. Mm -hmm. Well, when we started dating, he, and he came over for dinner one time. Um, my refrigerator was literally empty. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was in the, he was a retired military from the army. So mm -hmm. when he saw how less food I had, he told the kids, sit down and make a list. And he went to the commissary and stocked us up on groceries. Hmm. Well, I thought, oh, this is my knight in shining armor. <laughs> right. You know, uh, somewhere to take care of us. Mm -hmm. But I did care for him. Yeah, so we got married, and he was a good provider. That I mean, he always made sure we had a home, uh, food in the house, you know, our necessities met. Right. That was a lot more than what I was used to. <laughs> mm hmm You know, so um, he was, he didn't give me other things that I needed. <laughs> After a few years, I started going out on him. Mm hmm Because I didn't get the love emotional or physical or, or that kind of love because mm -hmm. it wasn't that type. Um, you know, he wasn't huggable and cuddling and right. all that. Uh, he was an alcoholic, which I knew he drank when we got married, but I didn't know it was, he was an alcoholic. So, mm -hmm. so that was hard to live with, <laughs> you know, um, I made my own mistakes, but I felt everything wasn't my fault. Right. You know, but I was so naive that uh, I didn't see it coming, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that marriage lasted 18 years. Oh, wow. And um, the first year we were married, I went to see a lawyer. And he said, well, you'll have to be married ten, at least 10 years before you can get alimony. Mm. So I said, oh, I got another nine years of this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that one lasted 18 years. Mm -hmm. I, I think because he was a good provider. Right. And I didn't have to worry about that. So um, I thought I needed a man to make me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't. Right. Um, he wound up, well, we were separated at, at the time he died. Mm -hmm. um, he had diabetes, and he wound up uh, dying from congestive heart failure. Oh. Yeah. Uh, said I, I was, um, I'd been going to a church then. And, but I was still going out on him, mm -hmm. you know, which I never thought I would ever do in my life. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, from my first marriage, I was 
so against him going out yeah right and i thought oh i'd never do that to anyone <laughs> right well right. never say never <laughs> you know so right. but i was trying to find love that i thought i needed from a man mm -hmm. um so i was looking in all the wrong places for love right right <laughs> and, yeah and uh, but I think my biggest mistake besides that was I was using church meetings and things to see this man. Mm -hmm. I told him I'd go to a church meeting, but I was really going to see him. Mm -hmm. I felt ashamed of myself in that respect. Mm -hmm. I became self-righteous. Um, uh, well, I'm the one getting hurt here, so right. I rationalized my sin. Exactly. You know, uh, to cover up and uh, sin makes an instant liar out of you. Mm. Yes, it does. You know, mm -hmm. um, and you feel, I mean, after you justify yourself for your sin, you feel, um, you don't feel as condemned right as you are so um yeah so that's that's one big thing i learned, learned. Mm -hmm. yeah you, you do what you have to do to do what you think you need <laughs> right you know right so a lot of stuff to ask god forgiveness for <laughs> Well, the great thing is we have a forgiving God, right? Yes. So yes. you've got a lot of years. So yes, you have a lot of stuff, but you know, it's true of all of us, depending on how much time we've been mm -hmm. here on this earth, that that's how much time we've had to make a mess of things. So right. amen. Yeah. We have a forgiving God. Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. So, so after 18 years, uh, he passed away and, um, did the kids, you know, grow up with him as dad? And was that a good, decent relationship for them? It was, but, uh, see, my youngest was nine when we got married. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he was the only dad that they really knew. Mm -hmm. um, it was, let's see, they always respected him and admired him for for being being a good provider, yeah, you know, um, being an alcoholic, he drank on his days off from work, mm. which he didn't think presented a problem because you know he never let it interfere with work, right, right. Um, but as soon as he would be off work, he would start drinking. Mm -hmm. But the kids found out that. When he got drunk, they could get anything they wanted out of him. <laughs> they sort pizza, you know. Oh my, uh, Ed, do you have ten bucks? I want to go to the movies or you know whatever. Right. But, um, so yeah, he'd hand over his wallet and say, "Here, take what you want," and you know. <laughs> well, he would eventually pass out from drinking. So, um, yeah. But, but they always respected him for taking care of us. Right, know? right. Yeah. But he was an emotional, um, emotionally 
was absent because when he got mad over the slightest thing, he would give us a silent treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First time that he didn't speak to me for six weeks. Wow. The first time I left him. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Well, I, I don't need this. <laughs> but, yeah, so we were separated three times in the 18 years. We went to family counseling and all that, and he didn't think there was a problem. Right. Uh, when he found out I, I had gone out on him, he didn't want anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. So for the last year of his life, my kids took care of him, and we were going through a divorce then, kept going to court and all that. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, over the last year, uh, the judge had always postponed Mm -hmm. the final decree because we couldn't agree on who was to get what. Right. He didn't want me to have a thing because of my um, going out on him. And I thought I was entitled to at least to furnish a home and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, alimony and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want anything to do with me. So he was, he kept fighting on what I had wanted. Well, after about the third postponement, uh, the, the day we were supposed to go back to the court, that night my mom died. Mm. Night after, night before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called my lawyer and I told him, you know, my mom just passed tonight and can we, um, won't be able to be in court. So he said, well, don't worry about it. I'll let the judge know. Well, because of that, um, his lawyer said that, well, you know, my client wants to get this settled because he was also dying. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to get it cleared up. And the judge said, well, I'm postponing this again because since your client is dying, he has more of a responsibility towards his wife than um, he thinks, you know. Right. It was postponed one more time. And I think a few weeks later, he did pass away. Hmm. And uh, before the next court date. Right. So I did get his uh, military uh, medical, mm-hmm. which could have been the best thing he could ever have left me. Right, right. All right, so that helped you then at least move forward in life, I'm going to assume, right? Right. Yeah. And we and we had owned a home. Mm-hmm. With, um, through the I automatically got when the divorce was final. So I tried staying in the home um, to to keep that, and I was working at that time three jobs um, and had two roommates, and my son Mark had lived 
he was an adult. He was working, so he had was renting one of the rooms, and then I had a four bedroom house. Mm -hmm. So I rented out three of the rooms, and had three jobs trying to keep everything up. Right. So uh, I did that for three three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was getting wore out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so when I came up here to visit my other son uh, in Reno, I went home and put this home up for sale and moved up here. When I decided to, I wanted to sell the home. I was established in, in the, a church pretty good. And, uh, no, that's when I was studying with the Church of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I had become baptized mm -hmm. in 99 mm -hmm. and um, so I, I told my best friend and prayer partner who also baptized me that what my plans were and she said well why do you want to move up there I said well I have family up there I'm tired of living in this chaotic <laughs> you know traffic and all that um, I think a smaller church, um, I said, I think I would be able to grow better in a smaller church. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, we don't want you to move. <laughs> yeah, so I've been praying about it. And if things work out, then, you know, doors will open. So the very day that the realtor Put the sign in the ground. Mm -hmm. It sold. <laughs> I think Get, that's the door open. Yeah, I guess God opened the door. <laughs> um, you know, and I feel good about moving, so <laughs> I did, and it's uh, it changed my life so much mm -hmm. that um, I came out of being an introvert and just. Uh, Grown to love myself more, mm -hmm. give myself more. For the past, um, when Greg Watson had that recovery group of, you know, forgiving yourself for the past and all that. Right. Uh, I took that class and realized a lot of things that were my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, takes two to make it or break it. Right. And I was blaming the other person. Well, if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't have done this. Mm -hmm. and I, you know, so that was a big eye opener. Well, um, I realized, yeah, a lot of things that I had to still forgive myself and ask God forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um. And ever since then, I've liked myself. <laughs> Scott Leader has helped me a lot in coming out of my box. Yeah. And finding the person that I really am mm -hmm. so I can grow more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was so afraid to even ask a question yeah 
uh, even if I was called on. Right. To because oh, my opinion's not worth anything. They're not going to be interested in this or. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the self confidence in myself to even ask a question. Right. Um. And now I'm leading the Bible study we have here Monday. Mm-hmm. I'm giving lesson. You know, so it's yeah. I I like. I like me now. <laughs> That's awesome. And it shows. I mean, literally, since we have been here, Mary, I've watched you change and grow into someone who likes herself, who feels that she has a voice worthy of being listened to. You know, and I was telling Kai just the other night, I said, my goodness, at the age of 80, Mary is living her best life. <laughs> yeah. Even moving here in this complex, I feel like this is where I need to be. Yeah. You know, Priscilla, the one that's been coming to our Bible studies, mm-hmm. um, she talks to me about things that she's troubling her, and she, she says, I feel so good after I talk to you. <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. So I feel like I can encourage people mm-hmm. more and and um, have a voice in helping. So it's, um, I don't know, it, it's just, I feel like I've grown. Yeah. But sometimes I don't feel like I've grown enough. I don't know, maybe I, maybe I should be satisfied where I'm at. <laughs> well, do what you've been doing, which is let God guide you. God keeps taking you further and further and further and he'll continue to do the same you know it's so beautiful to hear because we know god forgives us sometimes it takes us a long time to forgive ourselves Uh you know and when we can finally when those two can come together then Uh as you say we can actually like ourselves or love ourselves right yeah and sometimes it takes a while to get there it does. It does. Like 80 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, God did some incredible things with some 80-year-olds in the Bible. So mm. <laughs> count, your, count yourself amongst them. <laughs> right. But I'm not having any more children. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we can close the door on that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't want any more any miracles like that. <laughs> Wow. Well, this is amazing, Mary. Thank you for sharing. Uh-huh. Oh, um, you're welcome. I can't so, wait for everybody, honestly, just to be touched by your story. But just keep depending on God and and uh, you're always a work in progress. <laughs> always. Always, to your last breath. So don't last. mess up until your last breath. <laughs> there you go. I think on that note, we can definitely say goodbye. That's beautiful. So that, honestly, that is our takeaway, you know, until your last breath, God's got work to do. So until God chooses not to wake us up, then there's something he wants us to continue to do while we're here. And Mary, you are doing it. I'm so proud of you. Listening audience, this woman had five visitors at Bible Talk on Thursday night. So just, (laughs) you know, it's not about the number, obviously. It's about the fact that 
you are still open to God using you. Right. And that's, that's beautiful. And cherish every new relationship you have because they're, they're in your life for a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Mary Z, you're the best. (laughs) Well, I love you lady. Thanks for being here with me. Yes. Okay. All right. See you later. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out.